Hi, my name is Rick Bloodworth. This is the Common Sense Christian Channel, and today we're going to be talking about America's godly heritage, specifically about portions of the life of Benjamin Franklin. Before we start that, I did want to go back and cover just a little bit about something we talked about last week, that being George Washington, and there were some comments about that video about George Washington perhaps not being as good of a Christian as people thought that he should have been because he was a slave owner. And certainly that was something that all of our founding fathers had to deal with in one way or another. But George Washington in particular certainly was a slave owner, and he had done several things to try and remedy that during his lifetime. When you read some of his private writings, you read of some of the considerations he gave to releasing his slaves, but also talking about the difficulty that that could create for those men and women who he was thinking about giving their freedom to. Releasing slaves was not something that was that easy to do in America at that time. What would happen to them? Would they be prepared to be able to take care of themselves, not because they were unwilling to work, but because there would be people who'd be unwilling to accept them as free? And so there's always the danger of being put back into slavery under somebody else. And so all these things went into George Washington's consideration, and he had a lot of angst over that, as you can tell from some of the writings that he had through the years and some of the conversations that others had revealed that he had had through the years. So again, was George Washington a perfect person? Did he handle that issue exactly right? Well, who's to say not living during that era? But we do know that George Washington had been trying to figure out the, the best thing he could do, uh, and his solution may not have been perfect. Something else about our founding fathers that I believe is very important for us to understand, and that is when they were putting the Constitution together during the time just before that, and certainly in the years after that, there's quite a number of them that were doing their best to do away with slavery, to make it illegal, but there was so much pushback from some of the southern states that relied so heavily on the slave trade and on using slaves on their plantations that they knew that they would not be able to get it pushed through immediately. As a matter of fact, one of the things they were trying to do in the Constitution was to get 13 colonies to sign on. They wanted it to be the United States of America. Uh, and so some of them compromised. And one of the compromises that they made was to try and, and make slavery, the importation of slaves in specific, illegal within a 20-year period. And so starting with the Slave Act of 1794, and then finally during uh, Thomas Jefferson's term in 1807, and 1808, they finally started passing more laws concerning this. It was a slow and arduous process. And again, did they act quickly enough? And the answer is, we really don't know. Would we have done anything different than they did? Could we have had better efforts than they did had we been in their position? And again, we really don't know. But to paint uh, the founders all with the same broad brush as being uh, hateful slave owners uh, instead of men who are genuine and women who are genuinely trying to do away with this practice would be very unfair. And so I did want to point that out. Now, 
getting to Benjamin Franklin. When we think about Franklin, we don't always think of him as being the model Christian, and certainly Benjamin Franklin would never have claimed to have been so. A lot of people try to say that he was a deist, but that also is not accurate. When he was about 15 or 16 years old, it's true that he was looking into some of the arguments of deists. And for those of you who don't know, a deist is somebody who just believes in a God somewhere. They're not even sure who that God might be. They just think there's some kind of an influence out there. And so as Benjamin Franklin, as a teenager, was looking at this, he felt like some of their arguments might have had more persuasion than some of the pastors that he was familiar with. And so he was certainly looking at that for a while, and he certainly gave their arguments some credence when he was about 15 or 16 years old. But he did not settle upon that. As a matter of fact, he definitely joined a church. To his later regret, he left that church over some differences that they had from factions within that church. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But again, when we talk about Benjamin Franklin, he certainly was a man who had a Christian influence who is part of a church for a while, and as he got older, became more and more involved in talking about God and encouraging his fellow patriots around him to consider God when they were doing different things. And so we'll go ahead and start looking at some of this. The first uh, thing that I really wanted to look at was some of Benjamin Franklin's own words. They come from this particular book is called The Life of Franklin. It was edited in, I believe, 1848, and it includes his autobiography that he wrote in the 1700s. And so this is part of uh, Benjamin Franklin's own writings about what he felt about God. So here is, here is uh, him giving his beliefs. There is one God who made all things. He governs the world by his providence. He ought to be worshipped by adoration, prayer, and thanksgiving. The most acceptable service to God is doing good to man. The soul is immortal, and that God will certainly reward virtue and punish vice, either here or in the hereafter. And so, from Benjamin Franklin's own words, he believed that there was one God. He believed that God expected us to do the right thing and that eventually there would be an eternity where we would either be rewarded or punished based upon the things that we did. Now, certainly, that does not involve all the theology of Franklin's life and doesn't involve his, his understanding of things like grace and about the importance of Christ's uh, sacrifice, but it does give us a little bit of insight as to what he thought. When he was still a young man, he uh, got involved in a dispute at the church that he was part of, and it made him so angry when the people made a decision other than the one he wanted to be made that he literally left the church. And later on, he reflected upon that and really regretted that. Here is a letter that we have. Again, this is from the Life of Franklin book, and this is a private letter that he had to his daughter. And this is what he said. Go constantly to church, whoever preaches. 
This act of devotion, or the act of devotion in the common prayer book, is your principal business there, and if properly attended to, will do more toward amending your heart than sermons generally can do. For they were composed by men of much greater piety and wisdom than our common composers of sermons can pretend to be. And therefore I wish you would never miss the prayer days. Yet I do not mean that you should despise sermons, even of the preacher's you dislike, for the discourse is often much better than the man, as sweet and clear waters come through very dirty earth, and the more particular on this head, as you seem to express a little before I came away, some inclination to leave our church, which I would not have you do. And so his daughter, who was considering leaving the church, was encouraged very much by Benjamin Franklin to not do that but to make sure that she maintained a faithfulness in her worship and a faithfulness in her prayers. And so this tells you a little bit from Benjamin Franklin's own mouth what he thought about religion and and how important he thought the church was. As time went by and as he got more and more involved in politics, we start seeing him within that light. We think about him Uh, at the time of the Declaration of Independence and some of the things that he said during that time. We think of him as an ambassador to France and as a a politician who is very capable as far as persuading people to his side. But where I really wanted to, to make a point was during the Constitutional Convention after the Revolutionary War was won by America and the Constitutional Convention was attended by numerous men from each of the different colonies. And they were having a lot of problems at this time. As a matter of fact, Benjamin Franklin said that they'd met for about four or five weeks with very little to show for it. And at that time, he got up and he made a speech to them. And this is part of that speech. In this situation of this assembly, groping as it were in the dark to find political truth and scarce able to distinguish it when presented to us, how has it happened, sir, that we have not hitherto once thought of humbly applying to the Father of Lights to illuminate our understandings? In language of today, he's just saying, why have we not sought God's help through prayer as they were trying to to get the Constitution written? In the beginning of the contest with Great Britain, when we were sensible of danger, and we had daily prayer in this room for divine protection, our prayers, sir, were heard, and they were graciously answered. All of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of a superintending providence in our favor. To that kind providence we owe this happy opportunity of consulting in peace on the means of establishing our future national felicity. And now have we forgotten that powerful friend, or do we imagine that we no longer need his assistance? He's just pointing out that they prayed to God on a daily basis during the war and as they were making plans to sign the Declaration of Independence and making plans for that war. And he said their prayers had been heard. And his question now is, do we think we don't need God anymore? And this is the the rest of that speech, or a portion of the rest of that speech. I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth— that God governs in the affairs of men. 
And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build, that labor build in vain. I firmly believe this, and I also believe without his concurring aid that we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our little partial local interests, our projects will be confounded, and we ourselves shall become a reproach and a byword down to the future age. And what is worse, mankind may hereafter from this unfortunate instance despair of establishing governments by human wisdom and leave it to chance, war, and conquest. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessings on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business, and that one or more of the clergy of this city be requested to officiate in that service. And so here's Benjamin Franklin a man that has been involved with the revolution since before it began uh, through the signing of the Declaration of Independence and all through the war efforts. He is now imploring upon the people as they are attempting to write a constitution that will be the framework of our government to be praying to God every day, asking for his assistance as they write this Constitution. Well, this motion was seconded, but it was eventually determined that they didn't have the money to be paying clergy to come in and, and offer a prayer. And so what they did was this. They broke for, for a few days. I believe it was three days in order to have prayer and sermons on this topic. And so the attendees of the Constitutional Convention left, and they went to either their churches or to churches that were close by, where sermons were preached upon this idea of the Constitution, and prayers were made beseeching God to help them. It was said when they met again after this break for prayer and for, for discussion that there was a different spirit within the room of this Constitutional Convention that people were now starting to have a unity that they had not experienced before. And it seemed like the writing of the Constitution and even the, the agreeing upon and the disagreeing were so much more cordial that they were able to finish the Constitution and present something that still stands to this day. Now, why bring all this up? The reason is at least found within this fact. Those of us who live today cannot help but notice that this nation is different from others, but that we are starting to flounder in different ways. As a matter of fact, the farther we get away from God, the more it seems like we have difficulties. Um, have you ever wondered why America had such a strong start? Have you ever wondered why America has seemed to be blessed so richly down through the ages? And it's when you start looking at those who helped found this country, both those men who took direct part in it, combined with their wives and their mothers, and the rest of the godly women who were involved with this, they were absolutely determined to try and do these things from the Revolutionary War to the planning of a new nation according to God's way. They wanted to make sure they had God's direction because they knew that without God's help, they would not stand as a nation, that they wouldn't have even been a nation in the first place. And so here we have somebody like Benjamin Franklin, somebody who, as they teach history today, will teach was a deist who was nothing 
of the sword. Was he an extremely godly man? And we have to, to say, no, he was not. But he certainly was somebody who was trying to be pleasing to God. And he was also somebody who was so serious about that, that when they had trouble with something as important as the Constitution of the United States, he was the one who suggested that they have daily prayers in order to beseech God for his help in doing so. Well, that tells us a lot about the founding of our country and the direction that we have had since that point. I'm convinced that unless we have a similar return and a similar attitude to what Benjamin Franklin had, where he questioned whether we could legitimately suppose that we would succeed without God's help, these are the types of questions that we need to be asking ourselves today. There needs to be a return to God. We are not perfect people, and there's not a one of us who is a perfect Christian. But if we will start returning to God on his terms and try and do things in God's way, we're going to be so much more successful. And I don't believe there's any example that is greater than that of our own nation where men turn to God for help where they relied upon his word for direction, and where they were absolutely convinced that they needed his help every step of the way in order to make this nation a nation that he would be in approval of. And so these are the types of things that I'm convinced we need to be thinking about. These are the types of things that, that are helpful to us to know. I have found a lot of this stuff from Franklin just really interesting to dig into. There's one more example that I thought was interesting as I was studying his autobiography. He wrote about a, a group of people that, that were called the Dunkers, and they were a new sect, as he put it. And he was friends with one of the men who was uh, heavily involved in this group. And it was essentially a group of men who were trying to get back to the Bible's roots. And they were being accused of all sorts of things that just were not true. And his friend was talking to him about that and the difficulty they were having. And so Benjamin Franklin suggested to him that they write articles of faith and have them published in a newspaper so that people could see what they really did believe. And his friend uh, answered in this way. He said, we thought about that and we've discussed that. But one of the things that we noticed is we have been trying to get back to the Bible and, and trying to get back to doing things in God's way, is that there were a lot of things that we had formerly believed to be truth that we found to be false in our study of the Bible. And furthermore, there were things that we thought weren't right that were being taught, that when we read the Bible and studied it, that we found to be truths. And so they were very concerned, he shared this with Franklin, that they might put something down in writing that they would be bound to only to find later on that they were mistaken on that as well. And so he said, rather than writing articles of faith that were written by men, they wanted to just stand on the standard of the Bible. And so they would just take their chances with the different rumors that people would have about their group uh, in hopes that they could continue to study, continue to find God's way, and continue to be pleasing to him. And Benjamin Franklin's observation on this was that this group, the Dunkers, were unique among all the religious sects that he had observed in the fact that they had such a humility as to not think they were the only possessors of the truth, but also such a humility as to be continually seeking 
God's counsel in order that they could be doing the right thing. Well, that made an impression upon uh, Benjamin Franklin, and that type of an attitude ought to make an impression upon us as well. One of our duties, I'm convinced, as citizens of the United States of America is to try and make sure that this is as godly of a nation as we possibly can. But even before that, we need to make sure that we are serving God personally in the best possible way. And the only way that we can do that is by daily study, by praying for God's assistance, and being willing when we find out that we are clearly in the wrong to change and being also just as willing when we know that we are right from our study of the scriptures to maintain a faithful stance upon those areas. What an amazing heritage that we have in so many ways. But Benjamin Franklin, character flaws and all, was one of, I believe, the greatest of our founders, and he was certainly one of the most sincere in his approach to trying to please God and then trying to apply that to the building of this nation. Well, that's all I have for today. I hope that you found this interesting. I hope that it will help you. If you find anything that I have said to be questionable, please put it in the comments. I'll be glad to answer as honestly as I possibly can any questions that you may have. But until next time, that's all for today. But I pray that God will richly bless your efforts as you seek to serve him as best you can.